Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's The Mission, a weekly radio show exploring the issues that impact the lives of Aboriginal people and those at the wrong end of social justice in this country. The Mission is broadcast live on Triple R every Tuesday evening. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website. As always, it is a really lovely honour to be filling in on the mission on behalf of Daniel James and I will be joined by a couple of special guests and first up I will be having a chat with Snake CEO and Aranda Loricha woman Catherine Little and we'll be talking all about the upcoming National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Children's Day which is coming up up on the 4th of August and kids really are the future so I'm really looking forward to having a yarn about that and this year's theme is proud in culture strong in spirit so stick around to learn more about that and different ways that you can celebrate it yourself. I'll also be joined by Yori Yora and Jaja Wurong descendant and artist Jandamara Kad and they are one of the collaborators of a new statue which is currently on display at the Federation Square here in so-called Melbourne and that statue is of Nova Paris and it's a part of a globally recognised initiative that's called Statues Statues for Equality. You're listening to a Triple R podcast. Discover more podcasts from Triple R exploring science, technology, food, books, social issues, politics, and more. To listen, hit up the Triple R website or your favourite podcast platform. I'm really excited to be joined by Snake CEO and Aranda Loricha woman Catherine Little and we will be talking all things about the National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Children's Day and Catherine, thanks so much for joining me on the mission for a yarn. Firstly, I just wanted to ask, how are you going? I, I'm going well, actually. Thank you. Um, I, I, I am very much a, a glass half full person. So um, yeah, when we're when we're thinking about um, you know extended lockdowns, what yeah. I think about is is what keeps me grounded. Yeah, beautiful. And as mentioned earlier, we are here to talk about the upcoming National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Children's Day, which is on the 4th of August. And I know that Snake is the peak national peak bottle for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander child and family services. And I just wanted to ask, because this Children's Day has been going since 1988, I believe, are you able to give us a bit more of a background about the initiative and maybe just outline the history to it? Yeah, absolutely. It's a pretty awesome history, actually. Okay. So, um, as you mentioned, it, it has its roots in, in 1988, and, mm. and, of course, that will flag in everyone's mind as the bicentennial year. Yeah, and right. while the marches and protesters protests were going on all over Australia, it was identified that, um, you know, children children are, are our future, you know, mm. they're our future elders, and, and that we right. needed um, something to ensure that our kids felt proud of who they are and a chance to celebrate what is unique about our, you know, about our history, the way we raise our children, and what our children's role is, and what our children's roles would be, um, and and it was it was decided that you know there should be an initiative, and that initiative would be Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Children's Day, and then. Um, 
that, you know, they needed a date. And the date they came up with, of course, was the 4th of August. And this as well is incredibly important because it was the date that they used to um, give to children um, when they didn't know what their, what their birth date was or that they'd been um, removed from care. So um, there are a couple of reasons we needed to take ownership of this particular date. Yeah, right. And this this uh, theme for the year this year is proud in culture, strong in spirit. Can you describe a bit more about what this particular theme means and why this is the theme this year? Mm, proud in culture, strong in spirit. That, that says it all, really. Yeah. Um, and it, it was actually the, the person that nominated that actually isn't isn't is um, an ex peer of mine who was working with us, and and you know he's a uh, you know, he, he's, just, he's an awesome, clever, clever Aboriginal man. And mm. uh, and he said, look, I, I reckon I know what this is. And as soon as he said it out loud, you know, the working group heard it and went, absolutely, that is what it is. Because when you're looking, when, you, when you're framing why we need things, mm. why we need a day to celebrate, you know, that day is about recognising that um, Aboriginal children have the right to experience and be proud of their history and their cultural beliefs and their, and their practices. And there is no, what a perfect way to frame it as proud in culture, strong in spirit, because if our children don't have that, then they don't have all the fundamental pillars they need to, um, to grow up strong. Yeah, that's right. And children, they really are an important part of society and they are the future. And in terms of snake and the role that snake plays as the peak body for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander child and family services orgs across the state. And I know that I myself am personally Mm -hmm. quite familiar with VACA. So that's the Victorian Aboriginal Uh, childcare agency based out in Preston here in so-called Melbourne. I was just kind of curious, and for those listening at home, if you could just explain Mm. also the role that SNAKE plays across, because it's a nationwide peak body. Could you? It is a national peak. Yeah, could you uh, just give a bit of a background for SNAKE as well for those listening? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, SNAKE is actually in its 40th year, and, and yeah, again, right. it, it, it actually did come out of Victoria at that point in time, oh, yeah. when again it was identified that we needed a body that could speak for the rights of children. Mm. Um, and and it, it, children is an interesting one, because technically mm. um, there are a lot of different services that do the work that support our kids and speak for our kids. But um, there wasn't uh, a body that solely worked on ensuring that those services were supported. So um, peaks, you know, there there are a lot of peaks. There are six national Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peaks in the country, Mm -hmm. um, and Snake is one of them and and one of the oldest. Um, It's sort of... um, it's had a it's had a few shifts as, it, as it's grown, mm. um, and one of those is that um, it now, uh, you know, is it no longer known as the Secretariat, but the National Voice of Our Children. And unlike a lot of the other national peaks, we're what you call a multi-sector peak. So you've talked about how we're child and family services. Mm. Uh, so that could be an ACCA, uh, mm. or that could be a health service, or that mm. could be a childcare um, service, or a multifunctional childcare centre, early childhood education. It could be a primary school. So it's all those services that work together. Uh, and the way the peaks work is that we're really responsible for removing the barriers that stop those services 
getting the work done that they need to do. So, for example, um, at this moment in time, you know, probably the biggest piece of work is the Closing the Gap framework. Mm. And um, we are a member of the Coalition of Peaks, Mm -hmm. and and that is when all the um, peaks came together and said, listen, something needs to be done. You know, all these decisions about how services are delivered and how the policies are created that um, enable services to be delivered, they're being made without us in the room. And um, that, that... this, that coalition effectively enabled with, you know, collateral impact or collective impact or critical mass, however you want to describe it, yeah. created an environment where we could um, lean on our peers, work with our peers to identify what was really, really needed. And, and one of the beauties of being a multi-sector peak is there isn't anyone in that room who doesn't understand what we're talking about and how if what we need to move is systemic change. Mm-hmm. So um, as part of that, you know, um, SNAKE was able to negotiate two incredible targets in the new framework, and and the first being that um, the children hitting all their developmental domains um, in in all areas would improve by 45% within the next 10 years. The other um, was that the number of children in um, out-of-home care would reduced by 45% within 10 years. Now, these are these are incredible targets, and what they mean is that governments now have to change their policy and their policy settings to enable Aboriginal community-controlled responses and communities to better help shape how policies and programs and services would be delivered. So that's essentially how PEAKs work. They work in, in by, by removing those systemic barriers that block effective service delivery and by promoting the voice and um, creating space for collective impact and and sector development. Yeah, well, thanks so much for giving a background to Snake and it's amazing that it's in its 40th year as well. I didn't realise that. So that's Uh amazing and something that's definitely worth celebrating. I definitely appreciate and have a lot of respect for Aboriginal community controlled organisations and the work, the important work that they're doing towards the self-determination of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. So thanks so much for giving us some background there. There are some bags at, like activities with activities and resources yeah, yeah. and whatnot. Can like how do people go about getting one of these bags? Yeah, this part I'm afraid is bad news. Yes, yeah, there right. were fifteen thousand children day bags right. available, and they are full of activities and yeah. resources. Um, but they have already been sold out, um, right. which is good. Which shows <laughs> you great. how in demand. Yeah. Well, it, it is great because yeah. it shows you how in demand these resources are. Definitely. But that doesn't mean people can't still be involved. You know, mm. there are uh, what we'd encourage anyone who's interested in celebrating this day is to, you know, come up with an idea that mm. celebrates children and how we raise our children and, and what we want and what our ambitions are. So that could be that you uh, you put on a barbecue, um, COVID permitting, um, mm. and or it could be that you make a video at home of your kids oh, cooking yeah. dinner. You yeah. know, it could be all their dancing, all their sharing stories, or yeah. how to, is there something unique about your children? Hashtag it. Um, mm. If it's an event, register it so that we can share. Um, and, and certainly if you go to our, our website, um, there is a link that has suggestions for activities and some resources and tools that you can use. So there's a, there's a number of different ways you could do it. But look, it would be awesome to see our kids involved and our families involved mm. this Children's Day and, and, and to get a little bit of momentum um, on social media where we can share it and amplify this incredible day and this in, in incredible opportunity we have to celebrate our kids.
Yeah, that's right. It really is an incredible opportunity to celebrate the contribution and just the importance and uh, I guess just so much about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children. And also you mentioned a hashtag. Uh, do you know mm -hmm. what hashtag that people should be using if they do plan on doing some yeah. stuff in their social channels? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it, it is. So there's a couple of, there's three options. Mm -hmm. And if you get them all three together, uh, that's even better. So hashtag yeah. crowd in culture, hashtag strong in spirit, hashtag Nazi Children's Day 2021. Yeah, great. And you also mentioned that you can register an event or whatever mm -hmm. it is that you're planning on doing. Uh, whereabouts can people do that? Again, you'd go to um, the SNAKE website. Yeah, okay. uh, and all the other one you can go to is um, AboriginalChildrensDay.com.au. Yeah, great. Uh, thanks so much for jumping on and having a yarn with me tonight, Catherine. It's been a really lovely pleasure. And, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what people do to celebrate. And I know that I definitely need to also think about what I'm going to be doing to celebrating the amazing contribution that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children play in society. They really are the future. And it's been so lovely having you on for a yarn, Catherine. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks. You're listening to a Triple R podcast. Discover more podcasts from Triple R, exploring science, technology, food, books, social issues, politics, and more. To listen, hit up the Triple R website or your favourite podcast platform. I'm really excited to now be joined by Yoda Yoda and Jaja Wurong descendant and artist Jandamara Kad, who is an incredibly talented Aboriginal portrait artist. And the vibrant contemporary style of portraiture is incredibly unique. And I was looking at their stuff the other day and noticed some really beautiful portraits of some no notable leaders in community, including Uncle Archie Roach and Uncle Jack. And they have most recently been a collaborator on in the Nova Paris statue project, which is currently on display at Federation Square here in so-called Melbourne as part of a globally recognised initiative known as Statues for Equality. And it's extremely, I'm extremely excited to be joined by them on the show to have a yarn all about it. Jandamara, thanks so much for joining me on the show. It really is a lovely pleasure to have you on the air for a yarn. How, how are you going? How are things going? Yeah. Uh, hello, Vanessa. Yeah, hey. I'm, I'm going really well. Um, so many beautiful things, just as this beautiful, beautiful sculpture has come mm. into fruition. Yeah. I feel very blessed for the work that I'm part of, the people that I meet, you know, from anywhere to everyone in our mobs and our communities mm. to be able to express these visual narratives. Yeah. This is the first time I've collaborated on a sculpture. Yeah, right. And to come about as a Beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, right. And the Nova Paris statue, which is currently on display here at Federation Square, I was wondering if you could just tell us a bit more about the statue project and how that collaboration came about. Sure. So this this statue is, you know, part of Statues for Equality, which is creating mm. everlasting bronze statues of some of the most inspirational women of our time. I mean, the goal is there's a lot of statues of men, which mm. is great, but it's good to bring that under equality. So to see these beautiful, strong, empowered, 
you know, beautiful members of our feminine from the community being mm. represented. I, I am so honoured and in support of that. So for me, uh, Nova gave me a call, I would oh, say, yeah. about a year ago and yeah. said, because I did, um, before this, I did a portrait of Nova um, oh. um, as part, for Parliament House. And right. again, bringing gender equality there, I think it was... Mm. You know, one of the few women actually painted for the walls there. Mm. Uh, it sits there as part of the memorial, historical memorials collection. And so um, Nova and I, and I'd also painted another portrait of Nova for Archibald. So spending time with Nova, and she knows my intention is to honour every subject, including her in that process. She said, would you like to come on board as part of the design of this sculpture and something that from... First Nation perspective to add mm. into this, along with beautiful, amazing sculptors, Gilly and Mark. And I said, yeah, I'd be honoured. And so her and I kind of put up some ideas because especially with the base not being just something that is a square block, mm. you know, in our mob it's usually circles and it's usually mm. a visual narrative that wanted something into to show where Nova draws her strength, her inspiration, her courage. And where she draws that love and passion for life from, which is her connection to her country. So we talked about having her totems put in there oh, yeah. and the Buddha's hibiscus, which is, represents resilient strength, which is, you know, coming from the stolen generation and also representative of our mob in standing up and, and uh, representing and also coming from the history that we've come from into and healing so so yeah yeah seeing a statue of nova i've only obviously seen photos we're currently in i guess the snap lockdown here in so-called melbourne but you know like it's such a beautiful thing there's so many amazing strong and powerful aboriginal women in our community and so seeing a statue of nova who's such an inspirational figure to not only, I guess, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community, I would like to think beyond that as well. And she's such a, just a beautiful example of the never-ending possibilities for our people and community as well. And like you're talking about how you've done some work with Nova before, and this sounds like such a really special project to have been involved in. And how... Like, like, does it feel quite special for you to have completed it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there was a few setbacks due to lockdowns yeah, and right. delays. Now, out of that, but that that in itself is another representation that mm. nothing can stop this from going ahead. This, mm. you know, nothing can stop a lot of our people from stepping up and holding that strength of those footprints that they've walked in, you know, and they continue to walk in of thousands of generations. So it is such a, as I said, it is such a deep honour mm. to not only be part of the process, but to see these things as permanent features and yeah. legacies, you know, legacies that show for our younger people. And as you said, not just for mob, but mm. this is for the collective Australian community mm. nationwide and even even globally, to show yeah. that there's the human spirit, what Nova shows in mm. such a beautiful and grounded and very loving way is that when we stand up, it's not to stand above others. It's we are put in these positions 
to guide and pull and support others to stand up beside us because as Nova would definitely has shown and, and, and shared over her life and what she, the legacy that she lays down, is that when she takes a step forward, we all take that step with her. And, and when you get to know her and speak, mm. of, speak with her outside of events, she's just so grounded, yeah. so down to earth. And for me, that's such a beautiful reflection of that keeping her feet on the ground, firmly planted, connected to culture, mm. connected to the people, rather than uh, it's not a me and mindsness, but a nowsness mentality. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I would really like to learn more about Nova. She just, I don't know her personally, obviously, but she just sounds like such an amazing person and that why it makes sense to have a statue of her to celebrate the beautiful role that she plays in the community of this country, but then also globally. You were able to explain a bit more about that initiative. When I was looking it up, I came across a a bit of a fact that uh, I think it's 1% of statues around the world are of women, whereas, uh, like, every other statue seems to be of men? Yes, yes. Um, As I said, we did a portrait of Nova for Parliament House, um, Mm. and in that it was the same percentage. And for me, as part of this project and the one at Parliament House, Mm. I feel so honoured to naturally paint an average person that has achieved such things in their lives. Mm. But to paint an Aboriginal woman or Mm. even a woman in itself, it brings me the greatest joy. And the Statues for Equality, I think, is about its time. It's time to see the value of the feminine. It's time Mm. to see the value of the mothers, the aunties, the sisters, the daughters, all of those that have, have, have provided, not only provided life for us, but have been there to hold us through those hard times. Mm. You know, and, and in that bringing about equality, I really feel collectively around the planet, yeah. it is a recognition of a time that the feminine needs to bring a lot more balance. We have this uh, saying that I, I really connect with called didiri, which is mm-hmm. deep listening, listening with the spirit. And I believe that comes from the feminine. And I believe we've gone a bit out of balance with a, a lot of the masculine energy. So I feel like these beautiful sculptures, this beautiful initiative mm. to bring balance to a lot more of the feminine represented in these bronze sculptures is about a time that is calling for the feminine to be much more called into positions, much more called into places that, that you know, brings about that equality and it brings about yeah. a balance, I believe, in our, our our world, uh, Mm. in our societies, and all areas of life. So, yeah. Yeah, equality is so important, and I definitely also feel like there's a bit of an imbalance that's out there. So the Statues of Equality initiative, it just seems to be such an important one, and if you don't know about it out there listening right now, I definitely recommend looking it up and finding out more about it. And Jandamara, just before we wrap up, I wanted to just ask you about the collaboration that you played in this particular project and how that process was with working with two sculptors? Uh, it was great. I've known Gilly and Mark for a little while. Yeah. Um, I've, I've not worked with them particularly, but mm-hmm. I've known them and we, you know, kind of bumped into each other at yeah, a few cool. different things. 
So, and it was beautiful when Nova approached me and said it was them. I was like, oh, that's going to be an amazing piece. Their loving devotion to what they do. It was absolutely amazing. I would put some conceptual ideas and some sketches Mm. forward and they would come back with just mind-blowing or already, you know, mapped it out in a 3D because they were 2D, obviously, pieces of paper and sketches I sent them. What they came back with was just like brought it to life. Yeah. And in bringing it to life, they're translating. Obviously, you know, it's to, 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 to honor that um, process of translating a seed of an idea into a creation, but then also maintaining the life or the spirit into it. And I think with Gilly and Mark, there was a beautiful symbiosis between myself, them, and Nova mm-hmm. in the input and such an openness um, of collaboration between us all Mm. to uh, bring that about. But amazing to see how they could translate something, as I said, off of a sketch into a 3D format. And, um, yeah, when you get to see it, I mean, it it, it actually feels like it's, you know, if it wasn't covered in bronze, it would Mm. just come alive and come off of that sculpture. So it was an amazing process. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks so much for joining me for a yarn tonight, Jandamara. It's been such a lovely pleasure to learn more about the Nova Paris statue, which is currently on display at Federation Square. And it is a part of the Statues for for Equality initiative. Uh, Thanks so much for hanging out and having a chat, Jandamara. It's been really lovely to learn more about the work. Very lovely to speak to you, Vanessa, and thank you for the opportunity. Your way. Thank you. Hi, this is Daniel James, and this is the podcast of Triple R's The Mission, a weekly radio show exploring the issues that impact the lives of Aboriginal people and those at the wrong end of social justice in this country. The Mission is broadcast live on Triple R each Tuesday evening. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website.